Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Health Forward podcast. I hope that you're having a wonderful day so far and I'm so glad that you're here. As I mentioned in the last episode, we're going to be talking about goal planning. We're going to be spending the rest of 2019 talking about how to set ourselves up for success with smart and healthy goals for next year. We're actually going to get started today by talking about what your goal should not be for 2020. We all know someone, or maybe we are that someone, who comes to the end of the year and thinks, my New Year's resolution is to lose weight. As a matter of fact, according to Statistica.com, 45% of Americans made losing weight their goal for 2018. Today I'm going to share with you why that actually is not a good goal, why your weight is not how you should measure your level of health, and what you should be focusing on instead. My story is really a perfect example of this. I shared recently my experience with insulin resistance and PCOS and how my physician and I both were surprised at the results of my blood work because I wasn't considered overweight. I had a normal BMI, and while I had gained a little weight, I was still within a normal range. As it turns out, I had inflammation in the beginning stages of disease taking a toll on my body and on my health, but I thought I was healthy because I wasn't overweight. See, our weight just is not a reliable indicator of the state of our health for a lot of different reasons. One of those is that it's just not a static number. Our weight can fluctuate three to five pounds on a pretty regular basis. This can be based on a lot of different things, um, including hormones, especially for women. Your weight will fluctuate at different stages of your cycle. This is why we don't need to be waking up and getting on the scale every morning. If you're doing that, and you're beating yourself up because you seem to be battling the same three, four, five pounds over and over and over, you need to stop doing that. That's not healthy. Those three to five pounds, that fluctuation is normal, but when you're continually weighing yourself over and over and you're using that as your standard for whether you're healthy or whether all the work that you're doing, the clean eating or the exercise or whatever healthy habits you're trying to put into practice, if you are only measuring those by your weight and the number on the scale, you're really going to be doing yourself a disservice. It's going to be probably more harmful than it is beneficial to you because usually weight loss or any kinds of um, health goals that involve a change in your weight, that, that number is not linear. It's not going to just steadily decrease. It's going to come up and come down. There's going to be fluctuations. And so overall, it's just not good for your physical or mental health to jump on a scale every day. Actually, studies have shown that an obsession about your weight or even an obsession with dieting can actually lead to weight gain. 
Also, standards such as BMI are very skewed as well. That's right now kind of the main number that's used medically. Like if you go for your annual physical or a lot of different um, charts that kind of look at a population overall, most of those are going to use BMI. And that's, that's skewed as well because that is a ratio of age, height, and weight. And it doesn't make any adjustments for body composition or muscle mass. So people who are actually in great health, who have a good amount of muscle mass in their body, a lot of times they will fall into an overweight or even an obese category. Also, it's important to note that in a lot of chronic diseases, studies are showing that weight gain or inability to lose weight is more of a side effect of an underlying disease or some kind of dysfunction in the body rather than the root cause. So when we're focusing on only the number on the scale, a lot of times we're actually missing what could really be going on in your actual body. Like, are you functioning properly? Is there something going on that maybe you need to be paying attention to or something you and your physician need to be working on that's actually more important than just the weight itself. So if we shouldn't be focusing solely on the scale or on BMI, how can we measure our level of health? Some better indicators for good health would be um, one option would be to measure your waist circumference. Studies have shown that having a waist circumference greater than 35 inches for women and 40 inches for men is indicative of higher amounts of what's known as visceral fat. That's a type of fat that lies deep within the abdominal cavity, and it actually surrounds those vital organs that are found in your abdomen. This isn't the kind of fat that you can like pinch with your fingers. That's... um, that's more like surface fat. This is more like deep within your abdominal wall. And this is kind of over time what will add to an expanding waistline. And it's associated with an increased risk for type 2 diabetes, unhealthy cholesterol levels, hypertension, that's um, increased high blood pressure, hormone imbalance, and uh, just other factors of cardiovascular disease. All you need to monitor your waist circumference is a tape measurer. You can get one off of Amazon. They're very cheap. You could pick it up at Target or Walmart or wherever you are. You simply wrap it around the middle of your waist right above the top of your hip bones. You make sure that the tape measure stays flat against your skin and it's level all the way around. So not diagonal, not slanted. And this is not something that should be done daily or even weekly unless you are specifically working with a trainer or someone who's doing the measuring for you, I would say every two to three months is a good increment of time, especially if this is something you're working on, maybe even monthly. But again, even with this, we don't want to cross over into the level of obsession where we're just focusing on this one result only. Another option that is more reliable as an indicator of health and how your body is functioning is to regularly monitor health markers that are associated with metabolic disease. So those are going to be blood pressure, 
blood sugar levels, specifically your fasting insulin and fasting glucose levels, your cholesterol levels, specifically your HDL or what's known as the good cholesterol and your triglycerides. Those are all things you're going to need to work with your physician to get your lab work done regularly, but these are all things that can be monitored um, on a regular basis if you aren't having any issues with these, if they're all within good optimal ranges, then this is just something that could be done yearly at your annual physical. If it's something that the levels are higher or these are things you need to focus on, then you're going to need to monitor them a little more frequently. Typically, I think it's about every six months, sometimes three, depending on where you're at and how comfortable your physician is with that. But again, blood pressure levels. So we know 120 over 80 is optimal or under um, blood sugar, fasting insulin, and fasting blood glucose. Those are the main ones that are going to be better to show you how your your body is handling and regulating your blood sugar levels before it becomes a problem. A1C, you that's a standard um, lab that is monitored for blood sugar regulation, but that one is a little more likely to catch an issue once it's already starting, especially with the level of what is considered within normal ranges. Once you get above that normal range, you kind of already have a problem. So asking your physician to run the fasting insulin and making sure you're doing the fasting blood glucose, those are more likely to catch a problem before it becomes a major issue or before you become to the level of having an actual diagnosis. And then again, with the cholesterol levels, HDL and triglycerides, you're going to have a standard lipid, excuse me, panel done when you have your annual physical, but focusing specifically on those two, again, those are likely to give you an idea of how your body is functioning before you have an issue. A Harvard-led study actually reported that high triglycerides alone increase the risk of heart attack by three times. And people with the highest ratio of triglycerides to HDL, the good cholesterol, had 16 times the risk of heart attack as those with the lower ratio of triglycerides to HDL. The ratio of triglycerides to HDL was the strongest predictor of a heart attack, even more accurate than LDL or the bad cholesterol to HDL ratio. So when you're looking at, when you get your blood work back and the your physician is going over it with you and he tells you what your triglyceride level is and what your HDL level is, you want that ratio to be under two. That's what um, functional medicine lists as an optimal level, so under two. So if you were to take your triglyceride level and divide it by your HDL you want that ratio to equal two or less. That means you are at a lower risk for cardiovascular disease, specifically heart attack. And then the other, probably the best way on a regular basis to just monitor your health, monitor how your body is functioning, is just to start to be aware. Just taking a few moments and evaluating how your body is moving, how your body is functioning, how are normal systems within your body functioning. That can be a helpful 
measure of your health for you to just say like, okay, is everything kind of working the way that it should? Or am I noticing there's issues here? Maybe this is something I need to have checked out or this is something I need to address. So some things like, how are you sleeping? Do you sleep? Do you fall asleep easily? Do you wake up multiple times a night? When you wake up in the morning, are you refreshed or are you groggy and exhausted and feel just as tired as you did before you went to bed? Do you find that you hit an energy crash at some point throughout the day, maybe especially in the afternoon? For the women, are your cycles regular? Are you having, are they all over the place? Are they predictable? Are you having a lot of symptoms beforehand or during is your skin clear? That can a lot of times be a first indicator that something is going on in our body, either in our hormones or in our gut health. So when we're having repetitive skin issues or acne or breakouts, do you have repeated sickness or do you feel like you're catching everything that goes around? Do you have chronic pain or stiffness? This is another kind of first line indicator when you're having this repetitive chronic pain happening there's inflammation in the body there's something going on that needs your attention and then how is your digestive health do you have indigestion every single time you eat do you have acid reflux do you feel like you constantly need to pop tums or take some kind of other uh, medication a proton pump inhibitor or something like that those are all kind of red flags of like something's going on that needs to be addressed These are all questions you can ask yourself to possibly pinpoint any areas in your body that you need to be focused on or you need to work with a professional or your physician to address. So when you're thinking about your goals for next year, do not solely focus on your weight or the number on the scale or even your pant size. These are going, you're going to be missing the bigger picture of what it means to be healthy. So in the next couple episodes, we will get into more specifics of what healthy goals actually are or a smarter way to set those goals to set yourself up for success and to make sure that you're really looking at the whole picture of your health. But just for now to kind of get you thinking that direction, when you're thinking about your health goals for next year, I want you to just focus on establishing healthy habits and rhythms. Not so much the result, but the habit, the day-to-day, the actual action steps you will take to help promote health in your body, to move your health forward in the new year. You're much more likely to see progress in your health doing that anyway. And just a reminder, as I said before, your weight is often a side effect not the root cause. So we want to get to the root cause. We want to address what's actually going on in the body, especially if there's a dysfunction or a disease or something that needs more focused attention that's going to have a huge impact on your overall health and quality of your life. That's what we need to make sure we're focusing on, not the number on the scale. I know that that's a little bit against our culture and that's a little bit against what you normally hear this time of year when you're setting goals for next year a lot of them are weight focused and I'm just saying I don't think that's actually a healthy or helpful approach so take that think about it think about next year think about ask yourself those questions how is your body functioning 
and then start to think about healthy habits you can put in place to address those needs or those concerns that you have. I hope that you have a good rest of your week and I will see you back here next time to talk about setting healthy and smart goals for the new year. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.